The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Work it, make it, do it, makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. Now, 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 that, that don't kill me, can only make me stronger. I need you to hurry up now, cause I can't wait much longer. I know I got to be right now, cause I can't get much longer. Man, I've been waiting all night now, that's how long I've been on ya. Hello, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I've been sticking with that song for quite some time. I may change it. Yeah, I don't know when, but but I certainly may change it. But uh, appreciate Kanye getting me ready for the show. Of course, listen to Rail to Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, the living like it matters. A couple things mattered this weekend, for sure. Some teams won. Some teams lost. Some people lost a job. Some people kept a job. Um... Uh, you know, I had a couple comments a couple weeks ago about Larry Johnson, and um, I would never want to see a young man that still has the ability to play football to not have the opportunity to play football, particularly uh, due to injury. But very few times that it ever happened uh, at his at his own expense. I mean, at his expense, what he said cost him. Certainly, mm, a couple games, we know that. Did it cost him the rest of this year? That could be the case with Larry Johnson. I I certainly hope he gets an opportunity to come back and play football this year and maybe a couple more years. But that that is going to be a risk of which is, it has to be a very calculated risk by a team that decides that, yeah, we want to take the baggage with Larry Johnson because there's so much upside. And and I'm not sure right now there are teams out there. Now, here I am sitting uh, in the studios in Arizona at uh, 2, o'clock, well, 2 o'clock our time. I haven't adjusted to this time yet from the East Coast. You know, I'm, I'm stuck on Pacific and Eastern Standard Time. So Pacific is five minutes after one. So let me just say it like that. And I haven't heard yet where Larry's, if Larry's been picked up, if he's not been picked up. Uh, But does this young man still have some football in him? I think he does. What Larry said, did he want that to be the end of his career? Some people think perhaps maybe it was was a ploy for him to perhaps maybe uh, find himself in a better position to, you know, to make some more money down the road, maybe next year or a year or two or whatever. But, I think that Larry Johnson wanted to be in Kansas City. I think Larry just wants to win. I, I, that's all he wants to do. He just wants to win. And sometimes athletes can get so frustrated that they say things that they really, really, really don't mean. And I think Larry's apologized so many different times to try to make up for some of the things that he said. And he admit he admits that he said some of those things. Um, but to take some of the 
the, 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 the spite out of it. You know, he, he didn't really mean to be so mean-spirited uh, in those comments, uh, but he did say them. Uh, he agreed that he said some things and that he wrote some things. Uh, but um, Larry just wants to play football. So, I, you know, I say that because, again, man, I, I, I want to see him out there, hope that he finds a way to get back on the field, uh, and hopes that he comes back and uh, is very successful on the field. A uh, young man out of uh, Penn State University. I had to throw that in there. You knew where I was going. You knew I wanted to throw that Penn State. I had to find a way to work that Penn State into my conversation today because the Ohio State University. And I've been, you know, I haven't said a whole lot about the Ohio State University this year, and part of the reason why is because I have not really um, been impressed with the play of our quarterback. You know, I say our quarterback. You know, once you put that 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 helmet on, and you put some time on that field, you are part of that university, and so the Ohio State University is where my passion is, and and I just want to see the university win. And the fact of the matter is, uh, you you are supported by your loyal and local fan base, uh, but you're also criticized by that local and loyal fan base. I am a part of that fan base now, a former player, but I, but I still have a, a critical voice, and I just want to win. That's all I want to do, and, and I want the team to be in the best position by putting the best players on the field and the coaches calling the best plays for the team to win and all aspects of it, offense, defense, and special teams. And uh, if Terrell Pryor is the best quarterback that we have, then he's got to play to the best of his ability at all times. And many times at that position, the quarterback, you got a left ear and you got a right ear. It's what's in between. That can really make a, di- a big difference on the results of your play. Playing smart. And, uh, you know, he's, he's playing smart and he's taking care of the ball. And when you talk about taking care of the ball, I'm now going to move on to to the pros, and, and I'm going to move away from the victory at the Ohio State University demonstrated this weekend, and I'm going to talk about taking care of the ball at the pro level. And for some reason or another, when I first came to Arizona, I just looked at the Arizona Cardinals three years ago, and I never understood why they picked up Matt Liner. And, and, and Matt, he's just not the quarterback of this football team. He's not the quarterback in the future of this football team. And I think the writing's on the wall, and I think he wrote it himself Sunday in a game against the Chicago Bears. And I, I, got, I got a young man on, on, on the line with me who's, who's played for the Arizona Cardinals, but a man that I respect for his opinion about looking at a person's talent and evaluating it, not anything personal, just because we played the game. I got Kwame Lasseter on the line with me. Kwame. Oh, Ray Ellis, hey, how's it going, buddy? Man, it's going wonderful, man. Listen, I don't mean to be so harsh on 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 the young man. Uh, I know you have uh, a, an affinity for the Arizona Cardinals, but I also know that, that you want people to respect your own personal opinion of evaluating talent. And and I think that Wisenhunt, when he put Matt into the game and then he took Matt out the game based upon Matt's play, I think the writing's on the wall that he's he's about done with Matt Liner. Now, when you saw, if you watched the game, and I'm sure you did, and you saw, what was going through your head when you saw that happen 
insert into the game, throws an interception, taken out of the game, Kurt Warner put back into the game, and Matt finishes the game on the sideline. Did that resonate with you? What What were you thinking when you saw that happen, Kwame? Yeah, you know, when I saw that, it was uh, it was interesting to say the least because if you got a backup quarterback that you drafted in the first round, second pick in the first round, I mean 10th pick in the first round, you'd like to believe that guy can come in and maintain a 21-point lead and you can sit your starting quarterback down and get some rest where he's not in the game to get hurt. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals can do that. Now, Brandon Matt Liner is not one of Ken and Hunt guys, but he did get drafted. So you know the politics with that. you got to play the guy get him in at some point. But when he went in and wasn't able, the first pass he threw was intercepted, wasn't able to maintain the clock for these guys to keep the defense off the field or keep Kurt Warner off the field. When he threw that interception, I'm like, here we go. This guy, Arizona Cardinals, did not have a backup. This guy cannot come in and move the offense up and down the field or use a four-minute offense. If you know what the four-minute offense is. You keep the offense on the field to waste the time and the ball game's over. Uh, Chicago Bears had no intentions on, you know, trying to win that game. What they were preparing for to work on some things for the next game. You know, you like to say these professional guys. It's not over till it's over. But when my lineup was in the game, Chicago Bears knew it wasn't over at that point. They had a chance because after the interception, they drove down. Jay Cutler drove down, and they scored on a play. So now Kurt Warner has to come back in, which is terrible enough to say. But he comes in and throws five interceptions after a terrible uh, performance a week before where he was a part of five turnovers in that game. And he's a Hall of Famer. We all know that. But Mott Liner, he comes in, Kurt Warner comes in, throw another touchdown, which completed the five touchdowns he's thrown of the day. Now, what do you do with Mott Liner? Where's that look on that face? It's almost like a, a defeated look that Mott Liner had on his face. Now, what they do in the draft this year is amazing because they have to go out there and get a quarterback. Hey, Kwame, it's amazing that you just said that because – I was waiting to interject because I believe at that point in time right there, Ken Wisenhunt made up in his mind that he was going to have a conversation with management that now you have to see what I see and that you have to allow me to pick up a quarterback in the draft and I got to unload Matt Liner because it, it was just so obvious to him. There's been two times where I've seen Ken Wisenhunt on the sideline have a conversation and a very brief conversation with Kurt Warner. And to me, both of them have been very loud statements, even though I've just seen the communications through the television screen. And that was when the first year he was here in a pre in the first preseason game, he put Kurt in. Kurt drove the, the team down the field. He took him out. He went to the sideline and he had a conversation with him. And I was sure he said, listen, I don't need to see any more. I know what you can do. I don't want to get you injured yesterday. I mean, Sunday, the conversation was like, you know, I don't want to do this, but I got to put you back in the game because we can't afford to lose this game. But it also was some nonverbal communication in terms of him just saying to management because they weren't there. I told you, Matt is not the guy. I've tried to give him a chance because you also know this, Kwame, at the professional level, you don't do that. You don't take a, a running back or a quarterback or a wide receiver or anybody out of the game you do that in college but you don't do that in pros and that's because there's so many incentives tied to a person's contract that they want to stay in there and get their incentive numbers up so he did that because he knows and Kurt knows that he has to have a quarterback of the future because Kurt's not going to always be there and whenever he gets a chance he's got to try to evaluate Matt but he didn't need much time to evaluate Matt because Matt made that decision and we had to put Kurt back in the game 
Absolutely. If you if you remember, um, you got if you if you hiring a head coach, you have to at some point get him Carl Blunt to bring his own players in to to get him three to four years to put the philosophy that he brings to the team uh, and see if the team is going to respond to that, and you can start winning games. But C- Coach King Winslow, he was bringing in quarterbacks to back up Kurt Warner, and like you stated earlier. He knows he's going to get from the Hall of Famer, Kurt Warner. It's just sad that he has to put him in situations where Kurt Warner doesn't need to be in the game. He brought in uh, Jock St. Pierre from uh, where he came from, from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Still trying to find a replacement, but the management at some point, and we don't know this, I don't know this for a fact, but from the outside looking in, they want to get their money's worth out of Matt Liner. And Matt Liner been there four or five years and haven't played a, a full season yet. And what I mean by full season, 16 games. He's he's just not able to get it done. He's not a Ryan. He's not a Ryan or a Joe Flacco. Not those guys. Hey Kwame, we got music, man. We're gonna have to take this break. You listen to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I got Kwame Lasseter with me. He'll be back with me on the other side of the break. Why don't you come back as well? to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to beat. we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
Okay, we're back to the Surreal of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And I got franchise on the phone with me, Kwame Lasseter. For those of you out there that don't know what I mean by franchise, let me say something. There is nothing better in the world than to be playing in the National Football League and your contract is about to, uh, is ended. And you're in the midst of renegotiating the contract and a team puts a franchise tag on you. I mean, that, that, that's like, you, that's hitting a lottery, ain't no doubt. And, and it's, 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 am I, it's guaranteed. Am I right, Kwame? Yeah, franchise tag is guaranteed. And Kwame, so got, that, and Kwame got that, had that, that, that franchise tag put on. Man, give me, let me get a loan. Let me get a loan from you, man. That's, that's okay. <laughs> I wish my little Burger King McDonald's and put some cheese on you, brother. <laughs> Listen, man, uh, let, let's get back to we're talking about Kurt Warner and, and, and Matt Liner here out, out here in, in the desert. And, and here's what my concern is. As we talked about, when Ken came in early, he tried to bring somebody. He brought the young man from Pittsburgh with him. I, I really believe he probably wanted to keep that young man in place of Matt Liner that first year that he was here. And it just wasn't able to happen. Here we are in the midpoint of, of this season. He just went to the Super Bowl last year. So what he's doing now, he's making some evaluations, not only for the rest of this season, but in the future. But as we said, he put Matt in there, Matt threw the interception, you know, and and these are things of which he's not feeling real comfortable about it. But let me ask you, how are you, if you're on that team, Kwame, how are you feeling even about the fact that, man, we don't really need Kurt to go down because if we're trying to make a Super Bowl run and Kurt goes down – Look how Matt is still performing. You know what, Ray? If I'm, if I'm there as long as Matt was there, and I'm thinking, okay, this is a first-round guy drafted in 10th pick, and he was, a, he was quite upset that he got drafted in 10th pick. I thought if you got him 15-20, you would have been doing all right. But he's a, he's a first-round 10th pick guy. Haven't played a full season, by full season, haven't played 16 regular season games yet. And I'm thinking, if this guy can't get on the field with the talent, who is evaluating his talent? If he can't get on the field, if Kurt Warner goes down, are we in trouble? Uh, it's only so much you can do defensively, and me being a defensive guy, there's only so much we can do defensively. You don't want to be on the field all day. For instance, uh, Cincinnati Bengals-Baltimore game. Cincinnati Bengals was on the field 20 minutes. That's, that's winning defense. That's getting rest, going out there and perform. But if your offense comes out and they can't, they can't keep you off the field and they throw an interception every time the ball is in the air or he can't manage the clock or he can't manage the game or the guys around him are not responding to him, I think we're in trouble. There's no, that doesn't spell or equals out to success in the long run when, you, when your goals are to get in the playoffs, have home field advantage at some point. So you're telling me right now then if, if you want his teammates and his teammates witness that, I mean – there's one thing about it. It's like any business that you work in. If there's some things happening around you in the environment, you take notice and nobody has to say anything. You just kind of you get a sense. You kind of feel something. You know, when there's uh, an uncomfortable feeling in the air, I think there was just a gas by the entire sideline when when Matt threw that interception and then Kurt went back into the game. I think it was like a gas from the entire team. It's like, like, oh. I mean, they saw something. And then, like you, I saw Matt on the sideline with that defeated look, with his helmet on, didn't take it off, wasn't into the game. It, it was like he, he, was, he was done. He, his confidence is shot, I believe, now. Yeah, once, he, once Kurt came back in and threw that 
threw that touchdown and really put the game out of reach, uh, there was no way Mac could have came back. Not with that look, not with his body language defeat. There's no way that a coach could ask him, okay, you can go back in there. And as a grown man, as a professional, you say, okay. Because Matt, in his head, in his beliefs, he thinks he's a National Football League NFL starter. He thinks he should be starting now. But when you go out there, your performance doesn't, uh, doesn't display that. So uh, as a team look at, looking at Matt from the outside, looking in, as a team looking at this guy, they say, well, we're in trouble if he go down. And, you know, Kurt Warner is very efficient. When he walks out the huddle, He's efficient to where he's going to go with the ball. Matt still, I believe, is not sure who's going, who needs to get the ball. Where's the hot route? Where's the blitz coming from? Uh, but when Kirk comes out, he knows by just looking at the defense, maybe the linebackers, maybe the safeties, and there's some great defensive uh, teams out there, great defensive coordinators that can disguise that. But Kirk is, I put him in a Peyton Manning such where he's an offensive coordinator underneath the center where he can go out there and adjust real quick and know how to get rid of the ball. The only thing in this, at this point right now uh, that Matt Liner has on Kurt Warner is he is more mobile. He can move around. Kurt coming off a of hip surgery uh, can't move. That's why it's very important to have a, a, a solidified offensive line a lot better going further into the season where they're going to need to make a run for the playoffs. Yeah, and I, and I think you, you mentioned something very important there, too, for the Arizona Cardinals is that, you know, Kurt had hip surgery in the offseason. And and he, it took him a little while in the preseason, I think, to kind of work through that because he didn't have the best preseason. As a matter of fact, at least from my personal perspective, and I can't believe I'm going to say this on record, but I want to tell the truth because the statistics show that in preseason, Matt played better than Kurt did in preseason. But once the season started, it's very obvious to everybody who the, the best quarterback is of the two. But I think what, what, what Wizard Hunt was trying to do is not only was he – trying to uh, take Matt, I'm, I'm sorry, put Matt into the game and and take Kurt out. He, I think he was taking Kurt out because, again, it's like you're up by 21 points, okay? There's a chance that um, he may get hurt, and, and you don't want him to get hurt. And not only that, it's a chance for you to give Matt some time and to gain some experience in case you guys make this playoff run. And so him putting Kurt back in the game, you know, made him sus, or, or certainly he was perhaps in a situation where if the Bears were going to get back into it, they were going to have to blitz him. So he possibly could have been injured, and everybody would have been saying, well, why in the world was Kurt in the game? Anyway, you got Matt Liner, why don't you put him in the game? And I think that's what Ken tried to do. Okay, let's get Matt some experience. Let's get Kurt out of harm's way. And it just didn't work out like that. And I, I think now, uh, if they were someplace else in the city besides the city of Phoenix, the media would just be bombarding them with the questions about what are you going to do with Matt Liner after that performance on Sunday. But it, it's it's really under the radar, except for those folks like yourself and myself who, who really pay attention to what's happening here in Arizona. But I, I think that was just a, a very loud message. And I'm just hoping that... Uh, there's some other teams out there, and I don't know. I mean, do you see Matt Liner going someplace else and working his way into a starting lineup? Is he a starter quarterback in the NFL? No, I can't see that. I can tell you uh, right now a backup uh, that could outplay Matt Liner right now, and that's Kevin Carr from Philadelphia who backs up Donald McNabb. But you made a good point, man, about Matt outplaying Kurt Warner in preseason. It could have been a hip uh, surgery that uh, Kurt Warner had, but it, it's also a different – 
mindset preseason and regular season. It's also a different emotional, also a different mental. You can go out there and know these games don't count, and what Ken Wizard was doing was trying to get this guy more reps just in case we need him in the late on in the season. But more reps, the early part of preseason, defense is not throwing a whole lot at you. So well, the first, later on in the preseason, I say third and fourth game, you may start seeing different defensive disguises because teams are getting ready to go into their season. So they want to make sure their game plan, their philosophy, what they're teaching these guys are working. So Matt Lana may see more defenses and blitzes and packages, and it, will he be able to pick them up? And I, I just don't see that right now for the Arizona Cardinals. I think it's going to be a very important draft for this guy, a very per- important free agency offseason for the Arizona Cardinals, along with Matt Liner. You mentioned can he go anywhere to start. I, I don't see that team. Maybe the best place for him right now would be the Cleveland Browns. Well, oh, oh, wow, Kwame. Now you're going to throw the Browns in there. Now, the, those are two quarterbacks right there. I mean, they've got a first-round draft pick, you know, and Brady Quinn, and then Derek Anderson. They can't even decide which one of these two guys. I don't even know if they made that announcement today yet. I think they're going to make it tomorrow who's going to be the star um, there. But I don't think Matt, to me, Matt isn't better than either either one of those guys. I would say he's better than the, the guy who slipped in, in the draft that they had to take out the draft room, yeah, Brady, uh, Brady, Brady Quinn. Quinn. I, I, I would say he's better than Brady Quinn. I well, he's got to go but there. Not by far. Not by even a stretch of a, uh If I had to decide which one y'all had to go in, just y'all – Go in the locker room and flip pennies. Whichever one y'all win, just go to the underneath the center. <laughs> well, let, let me, what I would do with them. Well, let me say this, man. I I, I was uh, talking briefly the other day to uh, to Dez, uh, Dez Clark, of course, and uh, Sportsman Like Conduct, who will be on here later today. And I told him I I just have a problem with with left-handed quarterbacks. So I got a problem with Matt Liner. Period. Just looking at him as as a left-handed quarterback. But not only that. Let me let me say this. If nothing else, Brady would probably win that one. If all things being equal, perhaps maybe Brady would win that. But let's say this situation, if Matt goes there next year, one thing Matt would have to do is Matt would have to dig into the playbook and commit himself to being a pro quarterback. And that's been part of what at least people here have said, that his commitment to his profession has been lacking. Well, here's this. I agree with that 100%. Here's this. This is why I know he's not a Matt Ryan or Joe Flacco because he has a Hall of Fame guy from him. What has he learned from Kurt Warner? Kurt Warner has taken this guy on his wings. Kurt Warner, I'm sure, uh, is a team-oriented guy, a team-first guy. So you want your backup to be prepared. I know while I was playing, whoever was backing me up, I made sure they knew the plays like I knew the plays because if something was to happen to me, I want you to come on. We don't lose a step. You have to be a team-oriented guy. But with, it's my liner learning under Kurt Warner at a rapid pace. It's been four, maybe five years, I think, and he's still a backup quarterback after coming out of the first round. If he was in Philadelphia, New York, if he was in Chicago, this guy with the media would have defined this situation a long time ago. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I'm just going to drop another name here on the air, and that's Damon Anderson. And and Damon said that he was just happy to be on the team to have the opportunity to learn from another great running back, Emmitt Smith, uh, who was here uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. And so what you're saying about what the, the feelings that Matt should have, and he should embrace the fact that I'm going to learn from a Hall of Famer. I felt that way when I came into Philadelphia, and I had a two- or three-year all-pro strong safety that I learned the game from. So some people who are serious about their profession and really want to be the best they possibly can, uh, they fit that mold. Maybe Matt's just from, you know, he walks to his own tune. 
It's a nice tune playing right now, and I'm going to come back after the break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I got my man Kwame Lasseter with me, Franchise. We'll be back after this message. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference most valuable player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports on the Voice America Network. I got my idol because you know I gotta idolize anybody who can go in and get that money because it's hard to go in and get that money. I got my idol Kwame Lasseter on the line with me. You know everybody says it's such a privilege to play in the NFL, and and let me say this: I I, I don't always know if I agree with that because the simple fact is a privilege is something. Sometimes I'm not sure you you earn a privilege. A privilege is something I think that's just kind of given to you. But you got to be damn good to play in the National Football League. You got to be real damn good for them to put a franchise tag on you. So, man, Kwame, I'm just one of them cats. I told Dave Dorison, shout out to Dave. And I also told uh, my man Everson Walls, 2 foe, shout out to Everson, that, you know, I, I have just always given props to those who made it into the National Football League. And particularly those who, who get on the field and become starters and all pros and franchise players. So I just want to give you your props, man. I appreciate everything you do here at Voice America Sports. Uh, you've been one of our, our longer shows that we had. 
and uh, we look forward to you know more shows, and perhaps maybe giving you that two hours that, that you and your, uh, I think it's your co-host from another coast, you know, uh, Coach B. <laughs> Uh, what he's uh, what he's requested a few times, but listen, we're not trying to run Matt Liner out of town. Uh, we're just trying to give our honest opinion, and I, I'm not going to apologize for that because I will tell you this, and you can you can confirm this. If it was a safety on that field that was getting toasted every play and was losing many games for them, uh, there would be a campaign to get that person so uh, out of town. So. Uh, I, this comes along with the territory. Am I right? I mean, you got to you got to accept the good with the bad, particularly a quarterback. Am I right, Kwame? Yeah, you're right. I'm never going to apologize for my opinion because my opinions don't have bad intentions behind them. I just want to, um, and if I make an opinion by the guy, which means I would like to see him do better, or or wonder what's going on in the organization. Are they not saying the same thing? Or tell me why he's here, or let me know why he's not playing up to the ability he should be playing after five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I I think I think we can move on for that from that because I I truly believe that Coach Wisenhunt's mind has been made up, and I think the man has done a great job with this team. Uh, right now, again, they're headed at the top of the division, and and looking to go into uh, another matchup with with Seattle, who for some reason or another I think they're the only team in this division has really been giving him some trouble. The 49ers also gave him a little bit of trouble. But but I think you know Seattle has given him a little bit of problems. What do you think about that matchup with with Seattle and 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 the Cardinals? I think it's going to be a pretty good matchup because uh, the first time the Cardinals went out there and destroyed those guys, um, the Cardinals right now control their control their own destiny. Now San Fran beat them. They have to go back to San Fran. They have to go through San Fran to beat it. But Seattle's coming here this week. Yeah, the Cardinals they, they match up well. The Cardinals, I think does have the edge as far as receivers. Um, and uh, stopping the run, the Cardinals will be able to stop the run against Seattle. But if the Cardinals take care of this business at home, which they haven't won at home since the Houston Texans game, which they almost lost on the last third game on the one-yard line, bad coaching by the Texans. Uh, but if they win this game, they're 3-1 and at home. Or they won, I'm sorry, they won in three at home. They need to win this game and push them further away to clinching the division. Right now, because if they lose this and they go to San Fran and lose, then San Fran may have control or may come down to a tie in the division. Well, you, you mentioned something about receivers and, and your comments there. And, and Anquan, now Anquan seemed to be a little bit upset. You know, his demeanor on the sideline, had the hoodie on, never took it out, never took it off. Uh, didn't show a lot of uh, communication between him and, and his, uh, his teammates in the game. I think, again, Coach Wilson was looking out for what was best for the team, and he made that decision. Uh, do you think Anquan plays this week? And if he does, I mean, here's a person that always gives 110%, so you don't, you don't see anything less out of him, do you? I, I don't see anything less out of Anquan. I put Anquan, and I, and I'm, I say a high-as-war category. This guy plays football when he's not even getting the football, and you can't say that about a lot of receivers. But there's a lot of rhetoric going on with the Anquan the uh, management or organization or the uh, coaching staff, uh, quote, uh, no one was man enough to tell me I wasn't starting, I wasn't active, end quote. And that's what Anquan was saying about the Cardinals in the Chicago game. I can see where Coach Wisenhunt would be coming from. We're about to make a push for the playoffs. Uh, I really didn't need you this game. I know how bad you want to play, but you hurt, you've been nicked, you didn't practice. Uh, you got to practice a certain amount of uh, time during the week. But me, as a coach myself, to be ready to trust you to go out on a weekend 
and perform. Some guys are gamers. Uh, most guys are not. And I think Anquan is a gamer, but I'm about to make a rush for a push for the playoffs. And I think he plays without any reservation this weekend, and he plays at a high level as he's always had. Now, now let's let's just go back to the NFC Championship game, and 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 we were deep into the fourth quarter, and the Arizona Cardinals need to make a push to come from behind and and win the game. And Anquan, of course, had an altercation uh, with the uh, offensive coordinator on the sideline. Uh, you don't see this as anything, any kind of statement being made that that we can win with you or without you. You you simply see this as something. Whereas, okay, this is because I know. This time around, we certainly need to have you whenever we need you going forward. And as you said earlier, this is a game we can win without you. So there was no undertone to this statement being made about us winning without you, Quan. Right. You know what? You make a good point. And I go back to the Chicago game. I was looking at that game, and one of the key things were when we talked about that was my liner. Do the Arizona Cardinals have a backup quarterback? Another thing was, Anquan's not in this game, and granted, they were playing the Chicago Bears, but they were playing a Chicago Bears team that was uh, undefeated at home. Now, Dorsett, um, early Dorsett, was playing in Anquan's position, and he didn't do a bad job. So I'm trying to figure out, with all the offseason turmoil they had to go through with Anquan, he still didn't get a contract, and Anquan's the guy. When it's business, it's business. During the season, I'm playing football. Are they trying to set the stage for something else down the road, maybe at the end of the season or maybe next year on off season, uh, do we need this guy? I, I really think in my I really believe that Anquan is looking to be out of the Arizona uh, organization next year. He still will have one more year in his contract, which he will make three point seven five. This year I think he's making two point one. But you can look for Anquan either being in Chicago next year where Jay Cutler needs a receiver. Devin Hester is not a number one receiver. He's a game breaker, but he's not a game breaker from the number one slot. Put him in the slot and you can make things happen in Chicago. Uh, or you can look at him going back to his old coach and Todd Haley. Now you mentioned something also about he and Todd Haley going to have an altercation on the sideline. I think that was about Anquan being who he is, want to be in the game, but they was running a certain package where Anquan is not in that package because they needed to run the clock. They needed to control the ball. They didn't need to pass. So I think that was more of an issue there because, you know, you see the issue with T.O. all the time. It's just that that happens week in and week out on the sideline in the National Football League. But when you want to blow it up, you just focus on somebody bickering back and forth without the words. Well, let's, let, let's bring up something else. And I, and I touched on that earlier that some other fans out there may not know, Kwame. But, but also, you know, whenever I set out a game and, and I got all these incentives in my contract, we play in the Chicago Bears. I don't care who we're playing. And I, if I'm feeling good and Kurt is having a day like he did, not a day like he had the week previously where he had a terrible day at the office. So I got no statistics in that game. But now he's hot in the Chicago game so I can make up some statistics that way. And not to say that Anquan's thinking about that. But, you know, contract-wise, that's two games where perhaps maybe he might have had a chance where he's one of the top receivers on the team or top receivers in the division or the league, and that could affect his contract money too. Oh, absolutely. Without question. I, I, and I think he should be thinking about it. I know it's football game. Football game starts when, when they're kicking off. Right now, that, should, that was handled before the game, before the uh, kickoff took place. He wanted to play. i give you a great example of how political – that part of the uh, game is that you just mentioned. Uh, when I was playing, we had a quarterback, Boomer Sison. Boomer if Boomer Sison plays one more game, 
he gets a $500,000 signing bonus. Boomer and Sons just came off the week before throwing for 400 yards, close to 400 yards, and we went a game on a road in Washington, D.C. against the Redskins. He comes back, he's no longer the starter. Because if he starts one more down, one more game, he's getting a $500,000 signing bonus. That's the politics and the, and, and the nonsense in the game. And if the owners and the coaches are thinking about it, why shouldn't the player think about it if he's healthy and want to play? Now, remember, he didn't get paid. He wanted a new contract because this year, 2.71 or and next year, 3.75 is all Anquan making when his, uh, his counterpart, Larry Fitzgerald, is making $10 million over there on the other side, a four-year deal for 40-point-something million dollars. And I know some people say, well, wow, it's a little petty. You know, why are you thinking about money? You know, here's a man that had, I don't know how much surgery done on his face and his jaws, you know, because he took one of the most violent hits I've ever seen in my life uh, on the football field. And and then from what I understand, and Kwame, you, 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 you know Kwame, maybe you might have talked to Kwame. Is it true that he did not, he rejected any medication in his recovery period of that time? I think um, I think it was during the recovery time because once you take that medicine, and, and, and I don't know if this was him but as far as medicine taken, but I think he rejected the medicine uh, for recovery. But me personally, once you take medicine, I need to feel my pain. I, I don't want you to ease my pain with some medication and I'm still playing a physical game because I need to know uh, how hurt it is, how much that pain, how intense it is. So, and Anquan's that type of guy, and I agree with you. He took one of the most vicious hits in, in football that I've seen in a while, in a long time. And But he plays the game the way it's supposed to be played. He breaks his bone, he, bones in his face. He gets knocked out. He comes back two, three games later. No one I can think of in the league would do that. Not only did he come back, and I don't know for, for the life of me, why at that time you had Edwin James on the team, uh, you had Hightower on the on, on the team, and and they're running reverses, handing the ball to this man. Now it, it, he's subject to being hit when he catches a pass, but that's by a wide receiver. I mean by a DB, right. or perhaps maybe a linebacker. But now you got him subject subjected to hits from defensive linemen, linebackers, and DBs and safeties running up in there. And I wow. He shouldn't have been in the game. He shouldn't have been in the game at that point anyway. They was getting blown out by 40-something points. Yeah, you're right. Listen, we got that music, man. You know what that means. You're a veteran. I got my boy Kwame Lasseter here with me. You listen to Rayola Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Finney's Living Like It Matters. I'll be right back. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds back. Bart. They need to bench his ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard-hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network.
Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports okay as i said we're gonna come right back you're listening to rail sports on the voice america network I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Kwame, let me change the subject real fast, man. Aaron Rodgers, how how do you think he's feeling, man? He 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 loses to Brett Favre, and then they turn around and lose to Tampa Bay. I mean, he's got to be feeling real bad. What what do you think about that? I think he has his feelings. Yeah, he has to be feeling like what's going on. He has to be figuring out, trying to figure out what's going on with his team, what's going on with me. I personally think Aaron Rodgers has everything he needs. Athletically, uh, mentally, he can do the job to have those guys in a different position. But he comes back, he loses two games to Brett Favre with all the hoopla, with all the excitement that goes into Brett Favre being out of a Green Bay Packers uniform, now playing for the Minnesota Vikings. But I think you got to look more internal into that with that offensive line. The offensive line gave up seven sacks to one guy on the Minnesota Vikings. But then you lose to a team who was. Uh, Tampa Bay, granted Tampa Bay was at home, but your team in Green Bay is better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So you go out there and lose, and a lot of things take place. Green Bay doesn't know how, and I put this on Aaron Rodgers because he is a quarterback, and and also a tad bit on the owners because you can't let a guy like that lose a game. You can't let a team like that lose a game when you got them up by 20-something points. So you, they got to learn how to put teams away because they've been in they've been in games they've come back for some games and they still lost them and I think they may be four and four in the division right now um, having having a big game coming up. But you know, Kwame, his last two victories that he had and you got to go back and you know because they had a bye week, but he he's beaten I think he's beat the Browns and he's beaten Detroit. The last two victories, those are the last two victories that he had, and the last two losses have come against Brett. And now against Tampa Bay. Brett, Tampa Bay. And what about the, uh, did they play, oh, no, that was Baltimore that played Green Bay. But, yeah, you, you, those games you're supposed to win, uh, they won the Cleveland game, they won the, the Detroit game. 
they should have beat the um, I, they should have beat the Tampa Bay game that they lost to. Tampa Bay was zero and six at the time, or zero and five at the zero and six at the time. Hey, but you know what we always say? You know those games that you win ugly, just win them. Even though you're supposed to kill somebody, the bottom line is you. You know how that is. Just okay, we were supposed to kill them, but still, just get out of here with a victory as opposed to a loss. Oh, absolutely. Anytime you can win a football game in that football league, take it and run and go get prepared for the next week. But however you win, just win. I don't care. It's ugly. I don't care what the style points. They don't, they don't tell you, look on the scoreboard and say, oh, they did this, they did that. They look at the scoreboard and say, win, loss. And that's right, man. That, 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 that's an excellent point is win, loss. And, and, and speaking of win, loss, last night, the Monday night game, now, I, was, I was wondering how, how Josh McDaniels and his team would you know, respond to a loss. You know, now they've got two losses. Uh, Denver, do you see Denver, you know, bouncing back, coming back? I mean, they, they lost against, you know, a couple teams that perhaps, well, the Steelers, come on, they're, Super Bowl, they're still defending Super Bowl champions. But can Denver bounce back after a couple losses? I think they could. Denver, um, they have, I think uh, Josh McDane has these guys going in the right direction. Obviously, uh, that first game against Cincinnati, um, like you were just saying, you take a win and you run, and you get away from it, prepare for next week. They got away once Cincinnati from a tip pass where Stokely took it to the end, to the end zone to win that game. But I think Josh McDaniel had these guys in the right direction. I think um, he's even calmed down um, uh, Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall was a, nu- a nuisance in the offseason about contract. We didn't think this guy was going to play. I think he made – uh, got an understanding of Cal Orton that everybody's talking about is a trouble trade for Jay Cutler. Cal Orton went in there at, up until the last two weeks. He was playing excellent ball. Didn't have it for one interception, but he throws three last night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Had you mentioned the defending Super Bowl champs. Now that is not the game they should win. Even though they're playing at home, Pittsburgh Steelers is still that much better. They got a quarterback up there who's been to two Super Bowls and won them. Ben Roethlisberger. They had a running game. They got one of the best receivers in the game, Hines um, Ward. They got one of the best young receivers in the game. They got one of the best young coaches in the game. So it's a lot of things going to place in winning these football games. When you're better than the team, you should win. And Pittsburgh is one of those teams that we're better than you. We're gonna beat them. I, now, you know, I feel like this about Pittsburgh right now, Kwame. I, I think it's a dangerous time for anybody that is playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. You've been there before. You know how it is. Once you get that confidence and you feel like, you know how you go at the beginning of the season, you go down the schedule and you look at the schedule and we all do it. We go through the schedule and we know where we feel, oh man, we're going to get that one. And then we identify some games that we think may be a a little bit tough. But I think right now the Pittsburgh Steelers have so much confidence and Ben in particular you know, I I just think Ben plays with so much confidence and everything that's around him that he just feels as if, hey, we're the Super Bowl champions. We're going to remain Super Bowl champions until somebody takes it from us. But I think they got the confidence right now. I saw a swagger last night that I just hadn't seen in a while. And I think they, again, they're peaking at the right time. I think I agree, too. And the, the thing about it, these guys are winning. These guys are winning and playing Pittsburgh School of Football. They even went to one of their old plays that they had back from years ago. We used to practice against the Pittsburgh draw. They still running that place to perfection with the Franco Harris and Rocky Blyatt, old guy used to run that. But you're right, you're absolutely right. These guys are peaking at the right time on a high level, and they still got work to do. They played the a game last night in Denver without three starters on defense. And I want to give a shout-out to my man Fish. 
I, I, I sent Fish a text last night because as I was watching that game, you know, I, I heard Ron Jaworski and, and I heard Chucky, you know, give credit to the Pittsburgh Steelers, to, to, the, to the front office, to the general manager and everybody else. But I thought that was the opportune time for them to, to, to give kudos to this scouting staff that this organization must have, that they keep finding these no-name players and that get on the field and perform like all pros. But see, you know what? I, that's, that's the Pittsburgh family. They, they believe, they, they come in, they only get in guys who fit into their program. It's not necessarily the number one guy out there, the number one guy on a on a Stanford football team or a Florida football team or, or Ohio State guy, they might get that guy who's been playing special teams that started his last his senior year. He fits into Pittsburgh mode. All football will win ugly. Gonna give everything to the fourth quarter, to everything to the last play. You find the right people for your program, and I think they do an excellent job scouting over there. So yeah, I would congratulate Fish. Fish, he goes out there find the right people for these guys. He's not. I, I know you are a running shoot quarterback, so. You number one in the nation, you will fit good in Pittsburgh. Is no, we got a balanced offense, a one pass offense. Well, I think Pittsburgh pass more than they run, but we got a balance, a pretty much balanced offense. So you go find the guys who fit your team, not who just because I'm number one in the nation. And I'm gonna tell you something else. You, they talk about the connection, and I heard somebody say this before about the the coach for the Steelers. Maybe he connects you know, to some of the African-American players. Listen, the coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers connects to all of his players. It's not that, you know, that the black players are playing harder because they got a black coach. All of them are playing for, uh, they're all on one accord and they all want to win. But w- when I see this football team, I'm telling you, if they were, you know, the next team that we were about to face, we'd have to spend more time in, in the film room. You know, everybody have to stay, be committed to staying longer because you're not just going to beat Pittsburgh with just the normal amount of preparation. This team is uh, – right, uh, right now, Pittsburgh Steelers is the elite team in the NFL. That's what I'm thinking right now. I agree, and that's idiotic to say. Uh, people will find a reason to find out why these guys played here as opposed to somebody playing somewhere else. It's not that he responds to the black players or the black players respond to him. He's the head coach. He has that rapport with everybody, uh, most black players come from different places under different circumstances. So they're going to play ball. You don't have to have a black coach for them to go out there and ball out. I didn't have one black coach since I've been in the pros, uh, a position coach or a head coach. Uh, Me and Joe Green was on my team, but I know Mike Tomlin well. Mike Tomlin's from the same place I'm from. This guy's that type of guy. He's going to get everybody to play at a high level, get the most out of you. Well, Kwame must be summoning that water down there because he is a Super Bowl coach. And you a franchise player, man. Y'all doing y'all thing down there in the VA. Listen, I want to thank you for being on the show with me. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.